a second ago, uh, because they fall into some different categories as well. So on the one hand, uh, let's dive into Michigan for a second. Uh, according to the governor uh, who put out a new order uh, several days ago, can't travel to an in-state vacation residence, can't use a motorboat, and then businesses can't uh, have to close off areas, can't sell um, areas dedicated to carpeting, flooring, furniture, garden centers, plant nurseries, or paint, which has caused actually an enormous amount of confusion in that state where one Walmart uh, accidentally cordoned off infant car seats, which is a big deal if you're pregnant during coronavirus and you've got enough problems on your hands and now you don't I'm have not. to get your baby I'm home. not. I look like I am, <laughs> but I'm not. Uh, and this is uh, it comes with a, a criminal penalty. You can get charged with a misdemeanor, though unclear how much there's enforcement. So let's call that one type of overreach. But then there's sort of the political overreach, let's call it, in Kentucky and Mississippi about these drive up church services where you stay in your car for church. Uh, a judge in Kentucky overturned that right before Easter in Mississippi. The Department of Justice is getting involved uh, as well. And then, so let's call that the maybe left side. And then on the right side, we have the abortion debates for a variety of reasons that I will not bore listeners with. The Supreme Court did not have to rule on the Texas abortion case uh, and the and Governor Abbott reissued his order, which will now be in effect for three more weeks. Uh, but this is true in states around the country where it, some could argue, <laughs> to borrow a phrase, that governors are using this for some pet projects as well. So how do we, I don't know, match f small government conservatism and federalism with uh, overreach? Well, I, I think to a certain extent, there, there are two different questions. One, I mean, I think, you know, as, as both David and Jonah have written, and we have a very good piece from Tim Sandifer uh, from the Goldwater Institute on the website today, the, the governors have uh, this power. I mean, they are, they are the ones who, whose power uh, accrues to them at this time, much more than the federal government, um, for reasons I leave to, to David and to, to the uh, people that have already explained this at, at some length. I think that the, the, you could see from the perspective of a governor that they would want to issue very tight restrictions with the understanding that people are going to violate these restrictions. And even if you have some people violate the very tight restrictions, the tighter the restrictions are, the more likely it is that they'll still have uh, a pretty significant effect on social distancing. The problem is... If you have absurd restrictions, which I think a lot of the uh, rules that you just laid out are, you can have the opposite effect. Then people just stop. People just stop paying attention to the restrictions that you're announcing because they're silly. They don't make any sense. They don't sort of pass the common sense test. And I think that's what's um, potentially the risk here. It reminds me, I mean, as I was reading these stories about um, 
Gretchen Whitmer and sort of the arbitrary closure of these things. And, you know, it's fine that they vary from state to state. But when you take a step back and you look at the big picture and you think Ron DeSantis, the governor of Florida, has declared that uh, professional wrestling is essential and you have rightfully uh, so Gretchen. (laughs) (laughs) I guess you could make a federalism argument there. (laughs) Uh, And Gretchen Whitmer, you know, cordoning off, garden supply centers, you look and you think, boy, that just doesn't make any sense at all, particularly given that there are outbreaks in both of those places. But there is, I mean, the arbitrary nature of this, I think, is sort of a good warning about the growth of government in general. Obviously, we're in this crisis moment and these are, uh, you're talking about some extraordinary measures um, at this point. But I, I remember uh, doing interviews with Dick Cheney for a book I wrote about him uh, 10 plus years ago. And Cheney was basically the note taker um, or the typist on President Nixon's wage and price controls. And he would talk about being in the room with Don Rumsfeld and some of these others uh, as they were trying to come up with these rules for to, to basically run the U.S. economy. And, you know, they were you know, sort of throwing darts at a dartboard to figure out what the price of ground beef would be and how you would restrict corn. Would sweet corn be restricted, but popcorn wouldn't be restricted? And there is sort of an arbitrariness to all of this that I think really risks eroding the the sort of purpose of the rules in the first place, which is to get people to to follow them and to flatten this curve. 